When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Sarasini. Joining me on this stupidly hot Wednesday evening uh, via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, we gave the Islanders a few days to actually sign somebody. And uh, they signed two guys, Jeff Kubiak and 22 uh, draft pick uh, Kale Odilius. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, so here we are. Pretty much in the same exact boat we were last time uh, when we talked about this team, and uh, but you know we sh- we should wrap it up somehow because I, I didn't want to leave it in the sort of like hanging situation that we were in last week. Yeah, um, I was actually I was on NHL radio today with Boomer Gordon, and he the first thing he asked me about was the lack of Islander hmm. signings, and I said what what Jeff Jeff Kubiak to a two way deal doesn't <laughs> doesn't move the needle for you, Boomer? Come on. Yeah. Uh, but I think the good thing about taking the week now and looking back on the Johnny Goudreau situation or non-situation for the <laughs> Islanders um, is that I kind of – I feel like last episode I did a pretty poor job of uh, like putting into context what him not coming meant. Um, I think just because – it was it was such a strange day and like the details were so murky nobody on the islanders obviously has spoken to the media since or spoke to the media that day and and now you know this is a an elliot friedman uh ism he always <laughs> talks about like when 
uh, something happens to a team or like they get eliminated for the playoffs or have a bad season is like, they just want to let it breathe for a minute. Right. Like, so now that I've, I've kind of let that breathe and I can look back on, on what happened and, and kind of where the Islanders are that they didn't sign anyone yet. Um, and I can look back on it a little clearer and I feel like I both over blew the situation and also underestimated a, a, a related situation to uh, the Goudreau signing, which was, you know, I overblown what I think the Islanders missing out on him. Like it, I, I hope I didn't make it seem like, Oh, the, the sky is falling. This is Tavares all over again, whatever. Um, Cause it isn't like the, the team still has a solid, solid foundation as a roster, the goaltending, the defense. And they have a ton of depth scores. They have a ton of ton of depth, <laughs> depth scores. Perhaps too they many. Just don't, they don't have that talisman to, to play with Barzell, um, which is not a bad spot to be in at all. Like you, they're missing one spot from being one type of player from being a contender. Not saying a favorite. Like they're not kind of morph into the Avalanche or the Lightning just because they get a scoring winger, right? Um, but they're still in, in a in a better situation now than they were on July 20th and basically almost every year of my life. Like this, this <laughs> team on paper, if the season started tomorrow, would probably be like the eighth best team I've ever seen. <laughs> so that's one thing. Yeah. But the other thing that I think I underestimated and it kind of hit me today was they really did back themselves into a corner here. Um, and we can go move by move back to basically the Andrew Ladd contract, maybe even a little bit before that uh, with how they got to like this spot and, and having no assets, tradable young assets. And I hate that word assets. These are <laughs> hockey player, human beings. No, no good young players. I'm, I'm a hypocrite for using it. Um, but so they, they, I think Carrie Haver was the one who said it. Like it's been a death by a thousand paper cuts. It's not been a death, but they've they've worked themselves into a tizzy via a thousand p- paper cuts. Um, and I'm starting to realize there there is this a good chance that I underestimated the probability or the possibility of this team just running it back. Um, and it, it's starting to dawn on me. Well, that that's what we're looking at right now is basically running it back. Um, and I, by the way, I hate that phrase now because the Leafs fan. Right. Well, that's the funny part about it is like there was one fan base after they lost in the first round for the fifth straight season <laughs> saying that they should run it back, run it back, run it back. And then there's another fan base who had a very unlucky season who could have like said like, oh, wow, the hockey gods were against the hockey gods weren't against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They lost the series. They were up three, two in. They lost it. The Islanders had sure they they were bad last season. It was a bad season, but they also the hockey gods were clearly upset with Ryan Pollock saving that puck in Game Four against the Lightning. So that opened up a wormhole. And <laughs> the, the the one fan base that should be saying "run it back," you, it would probably be us. Like we should be like, well, we didn't really see what this team was capable of, and the other team should be like, we need to change what's going on. Right. And weirdly, that team. Yeah, the team, the the Leafs have not. They're not running it back. Although mm. they keep saying their fans are like, "We're going to run it back." You're like you made fourteen changes to your roster. Literally fourteen, <laughs> seven players in, seven players out. It might be eight including players in two that. guys at the most important position in the sport. Right, and 
And they're and they're saying like, oh, we're running it back. And meanwhile, we're over here clamoring like, please, the last thing we right. want <laughs> is to run it back. Can we please do something here? Well, and, and that and that gets to the, the the theme of at least the first half of this episode. In the second half, we'll talk a little bit more about Johnny Goudreau, and then we're going to answer some some questions we got via Twitter. But what Mike and I wanted to do in this first half is sort of take stock of where the Islanders are right now as in the franchise's sort of life cycle. And compare it to where we were a year ago. And I actually went back and listened to our episode uh, sort of towards the end of September. It wasn't really a training camp episode. It was like when the Islanders announced all their signings. In case you forgot, they also didn't announce any signings on free agency day. And then one day in September, we're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we signed all these dudes. Adam Pellick, Zach Pre- like Adam Pellick was announced before, but like it was – uh, Parisi, oh, I was Palmieri was one. Pal- Parisi was sort of on the way. Uh, we did not know that Zdeno Char would happen eventually. Um, oh, was uh, uh, Bovillier also got a contract that day too? And so Sorokin, Sorokin, yeah, was the other like, one, right? Like, and and, and yeah. Casey Sazikas, who oh Sazikas, yeah, who was like a hot, who was a hot commodity on the market, and right. everyone was like, oh wow, this guy, he's leaving. Remember, he gave that like kind of cryptic um, post game press conference after. Right. Or locker clean out where he wasn't wearing an Islander shirt. He was just wearing like mm. warrior hockey. And everyone's like, this means he's leaving. <laughs> and then he went radio silent as you have to do in, in loose camp and then popped up in September. But but we all kind of knew that he had signed. Right. And and the the theme with those signings was that they were all pretty reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Zizekas was for six years, but like the AAV was really, really low. But Mary signed a totally normal four-year contract, five million AAV, like it was fine. Even, you know, Beauvillier 4.1, like it's it was, everything was fine. Even, you know, eventually Parisi's contract was kind of a steal. It was a veteran minimum. Fine. Who cares? Um, but the the feeling of us, like, and, and the way we were talking about these things was that we were hopeful. Like this team to us was a Stanley Cup contender. Like Zach Parisi was coming to the Islanders to right a wrong from 17 years earlier because he saw the potential in this team to win the Stanley Cup. And we, as fans, were ready to watch that team, A, run it back, as we just talked about, and then, you know, go forward, take the next step, beat the Lightning, win the Cup. You know, two years in a row, they were that close, and they just couldn't get over the hump. And now they've got the experience, they've got the the drive, and they're going to do it. And then over the next eight months, <laughs> or whatever it was, every single rake that they possibly could have stepped on got stepped on and it was a complete disaster from top to bottom and now here we are the islanders have still not announced any signings (laughs) the free agents are more or less all gone we'll talk about a couple of them in a a few minutes that are still out there and how they relate to the islanders and really the best thing about their situation right now and as mike and i were saying before we came on is that they have 11 million dollars in cap space (laughs) like that's good but when you figure in, they have to sign Noah Dobson. Uh, Matt Barzell is coming up on his final year of his contract. He's an RFA. He's going to get a big deal at some point. They have to sign Alexander Romanoff, who they acquired at the draft for the 13th overall pick. And then any kind of like augmentation after that, you know, that 11 million gets chewed up pretty quickly. Those guys may already be signed. I have no idea. Nobody knows. Uh, but, you know, we're operating on the assumption now that they're not. And we have no idea how much cap space they have. But it's just funny to be in almost the exact same situation as last year with a totally different mindset, like a yeah. totally different, like back then the run, we were, we were all like, yeah, bring this team back. 
They're all they're perfectly set up. Let's go. Let's get the season started so we can win that cup. And now it's sort of like, do I really want to see this team again? <laughs> is, is there somebody out there they can get to help out, particularly in the goal scoring department? Who are they going to get on there? You know, I don't want to see Andy Green back. We've been to the Char thing already. So it's just funny that like here we are again with the same almost the same team, almost the same, you know, setup, but after a totally different season, just being like something's got to get like they have mm-hmm. to change something. And oh, sorry, they did make one change that nobody wanted to see. No offense to Lane Lambert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, that's, no, again, no offense. He might be a terrific coach. We don't know. But like, again, we went from the most stable head coach you could possibly have to having a rookie head coach, you know? So <laughs> it's usually when something gets like lost in the shuffle, it's because there was a shuffle. The Lane Lambert, right. Barry Trotz switcheroo got lost in the shuffle and there's been no shuffling. <laughs> like, <laughs> it happened, happened so long ago. Yeah. Everybody else has shuffled except for the island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so sh- – I, I forget about it all the time. Like I'm just half expecting to go to the first game at UBS Arena and just be like, oh, yeah, mm. that's Lane Lambert walking out to lead the three suits into the bench. Like not – and what's Doug Hoda doing here? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one bad season just and, – and we talked about this like – throughout the whole season, like losing has consequences. And usually those consequences are a coach, which happened. <laughs> um, and then some roster turnover does, has not happened. And some like front office shaking of the tree, rustle some leaves or whatever, uh, which has also not happened. Um, the, the thing that really stands out for me when you look at where we are today compared to let that time last year was that the silence there was a sense of humor in the silence mm. uh it wasn't it didn't frustrate me I, and i remember I, I probably said it on the podcast all the time like this is hilarious because we knew that we got we're the guys we wanted to come back were coming back palmary we knew palmary was signed we knew parisi basically was show, was playing mm. was going to be an islander because he was playing in the beauty league with those blue and orange <laughs> gloves michael russo of the athletic was right. staked out his hat uh, his house and cleaning up his garbage and he saw that he had uh you know put put down a deposit on like a renter rental in in new york or on long island somewhere um so we we like there was something really funny and i remember actually joking around with with elliot freeman like if this was happening to there's 120 something teams in professional sports, uh, four major sports um, in, in America. If this cone of silence was happening with 124 of the other ones, it would be like a huge deal. And, and because it's the Islanders, like it's, it's not a big story. And and I know that's, it's weird to say like this non story, they're not giving out any information should be a story, but in today's age, like there's not even a there's not even like a picture of Lou Lamarillo coming out of Bryant and Cooper and Roslyn, like or <laughs> something like that. Like there's no like a steakhouse. He's not going to like Tellers out east or something. Like right. he's not there's there's just nothing. He's not around. Yeah. yeah, he's just not. He's not coming out of like these like like Long Island hot spots. He's not. What's what's the one in Carl Place that like all the two, early two thousand Islanders used to go to? Oh, Vincent's. Vincent's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's not coming out of Vincent's clam bar. He's not. He's like. There's nothing. There's no pictures. Right. Uh, of him. And and I. I mean, he's Lou Lamarillo. He's not. Um. You know, LeBron James or someone where it would be a huge deal if all of a sudden, you you know, you saw LeBron. Mm. 
coming out of all American with like a sack of burgers. So I get why there are no pictures of Amarillo, like paparazzi style. But at this point, like I wouldn't be surprised. Like if, if Newsday was just like, Oh, by the way, we spotted uh, Lula Amarillo today. And you know, he was just doing normal stuff, but here's like living proof that he's, you know, still on long Island. Someone should just like go stake out the Islanders offices on uh, in Fall Park or something and see if he's like been there. Like what? It's just, it's, it's, it's astounding. And last last summer it was astoundingly funny, and now this summer it's astoundingly frustrating uh, because you can't obviously can't do anything about it. And it's impressive as as much as it is annoying. You have to tip your cap to him because, like I was saying, if if this was any other team in professional sports, like it would be like how is how are they getting away with this? this is incredible. Like should we should we do a thirty for thirty on just like how Lou is just <laughs> not, not letting anything leak out of the Memphis Grizzlies, like what their plans yeah. are for the draft and the, the free agency. The last time we saw Lou um, was the draft, but before that, I mean the la- like the last time we actually like got like considerable face time with him because even at the draft he was just kind of like a, mm. a body and amongst a mass of people, and the Islanders were so uninvolved because they traded their first round pick was the draft lottery when he's, you know, that, that famous picture that you've now memed beautifully <laughs> of that black curtain. Like that's, the, yeah. it's a perfect kind of picture metaphor of what's going on right now is, is that, that exact picture. Um, and he's just, he's operating like, you know, Lou, Lou is the one who brought over the first Soviet player from the Soviet union and, and Slava Fatisov. And if you ever watch a documentary, uh, if you ever watched the documentary of Miracles and Men, no, or was it the Russian Five? One of those two. They're both great. Um, I think it was of Miracles and Men. Um, they they kind of go through the Slava Fatisov story, and and Lamarillo is a big part of it. And he like went to hotels and like had his phone tapped by the the KGB <laughs> and stuff. And I think it's just like stuck with him. Like I gotta, you know, <laughs> mm. I gotta make sure I keep this stuff under wraps from now on because I got Russian spies looking for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he's got a lot of practice at it too. Yeah, yeah, he, he's yeah. He, he's taken what he learned, uh, and I just want to be like, yeah, no, it's it's trust me, Lou. You can you can tell the whole world what you're doing, <laughs> and nobody will care. This yeah. is the, the New York Islanders. Like you could be like, yeah, oh no, we are signing, we're trading for uh, you know Vlad Tarasenko or Matthew Kachuk, and it'll be like, oh, all right. <laughs> I remember that reminds Head me. trade. I don't know if I've said this on this, but I remember when Deion Sanders was working for like NFL Network, they showed a a clip of. The Tampa Bay Bucks coach was a guy named Raheem Sterling, and he was like hiding his play sheet. And this was when the Bucks were absolutely terrible, which is most of their existence, obviously. And uh, he was like hiding his play sheet, and Dion was laughing, and he's like, "Raheem, nobody wants your plays. Nobody wants your <laughs> plays, dude. What are you hiding? What are you What are you gonna hide people so they could go? Oh, they could go two and fifteen too. Like, what are you doing? You know, anyway, I thought that was funny. Like, these guys are so secretive. Nobody knows. Nobody wants your plays. But it's it. I'm trying to think of other teams that could get away with that. And I'm not sure because every once in a while, I mean, obviously I'm not a huge like NBA watcher. And I feel like certain teams you forget exist, like the Orlando Magic, you know. But then every once in a while, it's like, oh, wait, they just had the first overall pick or they just and they got this young guy or they just made some crazy trade. Like the Sacramento Kings, like every year they make some kind of crazy trade, you know, or something. And yeah, I do feel like the Islanders can have flown under the radar. And the funny thing about what you just said, which is like we haven't heard from Lou since really the draft and then the lottery is that. He never gave a final like season press conference. Like they had <laughs> pack up day and they packed everybody up and the players did their thing. We didn't hear from the GM. Like what? <laughs> it's just it's so odd. But but like you said to your point, like 
nobody says anything because that's just how it is. And it's just, that's how it's become. And and this is part of, I, I, you know, I don't want to get into it until we talk about the Goudreau thing, but it's just like the sort of media black hole has created this very odd existence in Islanders fandom where like everybody's grasping for something and everybody wants to, to see something. And, and, you know, I get that They're, the Islanders have really three beat writers. Okay. Two are behind paywalls and one is new and his outlet won't hesitate in a second to put him to cover the Rangers if they want to. Like that's the entirety of the Islanders <laughs> media sphere. And so, and that's a, that's a 300% increase of, of what it was 10 years ago. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it used to be one guy. Right. Like, and so like it, it, there's this hole and people want, they want the information that are out there. I mean, people li- are still listening to this somehow listening to this podcast and they want information because they want to hear people talking about the Islanders and they want some sort of answers. We can't give you any answers, but we can tell you that like, we are as frustrated as you are. Right. <laughs> yeah, We can tell you what the lack of answers makes us feel. Right. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that's just that like, we don't know what's going on again. They might have. So I'm looking at cap friendly right here. I'm looking at their free agent list here. The guys that are available as UFAs and RFAs. And the list is 175 players. Now, the Islanders may have signed all 175 of these guys. I don't know. That would a lot of them would be on uh on uh offer sheets because a lot of them are, are RFAs. But you're looking at people like Nazem Kadri, who we'll talk about in a second, who's the, probably he's definitely the biggest name UFA that's still out there. Uh Phil Kessel. Did you know <laughs> Phil Kessel only had eight goals last year? That's, yeah, I did. He had a, he had like a bunch of assists, right? Didn't he have like a kind of it, like an inverse Phil Kessel year? Yeah, he had forty four assists. Yes, yeah. that is a definite weird uh, season for Phil Kessel of all people. Um, John Klingberg, uh, Paul Stastny, Nito Niederreiter, Evan Rodriguez. No thanks. Um, <laughs> that's a fluke waiting to happen. Sonny Milano, who's come up a little bit. Uh, Danton Heinen was with the Penguins, I think, for a little while, and the Bruins. Sam Gagne is at that. He, Sam Gagne is only 32 years old. Really? Oh, yeah. And oh, how about that? He's like, he's like the perfect 12 to 13 forward for basically any team. Sure. But I don't, I don't want him for one reason. Mm. And I hold it. And I had a Sam Gagne, uh, Edmonton Oilers Jersey. When, <laughs> when I was a senior in high school, my friends bought one for me, uh, as a gift. And, um, I still have it, I think. But, uh, the reason I don't want him, is because do you remember when him and John Tavares like bought some minor yeah. like eight under thirteen hockey team or whatever and yeah. everyone was like this huge is, deal yeah his biggest <laughs> so I just don't want that anyways <laughs> anyway uh, Anton Strawman PK Subban a few other guys Victor Rask again no thanks oh Alex Galchenyuk who the Leafs fixed it's also <laughs> available just so you know so you know so like there are dudes out there I I don't know how many of them could potentially help the Islanders. I don't know how many of them they've actually spoken to. You know, Kadri is a guy whose name has come up because he's kind of a, he's still the biggest fish out there. Um, there are some rumblings that the Islanders are trying to move salary. Again, this is a theme we'll talk about when we talk about Goudreau to make room for Kadri. You know, I just want to go on record. Like I like Nazem Kadri as a player. I, I liked him when the Leafs ran him out of town by putting him <laughs> on the back page of the sun with a pacifier in his mouth. Like, you know, I'm, I, I, I didn't really care that much about the abs winning the cup, but I was happy for obviously for Devon Taves and I was happy for Nazem Kadri. Like those two guys I was happy for because they could shove it in people's faces. Like good for them. And well, at least Kadri could. And, uh, 
I just I don't know I don't really see a fit there. Like the Islanders are for a, at one position they're good at is center, right? Like they don't need centers, and that's what Kadri is. And I don't like the idea of like, well, you can move Brock Nelson to the wing. No, Brock Nelson has been a fantastic center for like four years now. Just leave him there. Same with Barzell. So basically, I don't know what they're doing. And I don't know who's going to just show up and be signed. I mean, you know, we could end this podcast tonight and then, you know, tomorrow morning you could see a million signings and and it would not surprise anybody. But it is just like a very frustrating scenario, particularly when you are coming off a losing season. Like when they were coming off a winning season, it was funny because, again, we wanted to see that team back again. But now they're coming off a losing season and it's like. No, dude, you got to fix your team. <laughs> you need <laughs> upgrades here. Where are the upgrades? Show me the upgrades. I don't know, you know what's going on. So it's at, yeah. at the very least, you don't even need to make the upgrade yet. But like, can, let us know exactly how much you know cap space we're working with here, right? Yeah, because all I hear is you know all the Islanders need to move people around to make cap space, and uh, they still have to sign the tickets for Romanov and and Dobson. And people are throwing out like some crazy numbers for Dobson. Uh, and I think to your point earlier, like Lou has just been so good at mm. signing people to reasonable deals since he's been here that I wouldn't be surprised if it's not, you know, the, the, the $50 million contract <laughs> that people are pr- predicting. And then there's Romanov too, who's like, you could tell me his contract's going to be anything. And I would believe you. I'll be like, I have no right. idea because we, you know, <laughs> we know he's a good solid, you know, defensive defenseman right now in his career. And he's young and, you know, he's got all this upside and whatever, but he's got two years under his belt. That's the only right. thing that I wonder, and, you know? Yeah. And so it's, yeah, exactly. So like who, who, who knows it, it could, if, if Lou signs him to like a one and a half AAV, I wouldn't be surprised. And if he comes in at like four, I'd want to be surprised either. <laughs> I, I'd be like a little disappointed, but like, you just don't know with those kind of players. Yeah. Um, and then there's Bellows, and I think <laughs> this is going to be a, a subject. I think a little later to touch on, but I think it was at the Athletics. Someone was like, "He's going to get like a you know one point six million. In what world <laughs> is he getting one point six million dollars? That's whoever, that's more than Scott Mayfield makes. Like whoever wrote that has never seen Kiefer Bellows play. Like I'm yeah, just going to throw that out there. Right yeah, now. exactly. And and I'm I'm like if. If he came in at one point six, I'd be, I, I think that I'd be more mad about that than, right, any other deal that we would sign because I'd be like, he just doubled his salary from last year after yeah. what he he didn't do anything. If it's one point six for two years, like totals, if he's making like you know eighty five, eight right. fifty a year, okay, like that's fine. I just, but, I, I when I read yeah. that, I was like, okay, this is like. And it goes to their point, which is like nobody knows anything that's going on with this team. And it's very frustrating and it's extremely frustrating if your job. Mm. So I do have some sympathy for the people whose job it is uh, right. to, to provide content about this team, especially when there's, you know, it's it's a dead time in sports to begin with in July, unless you're into the darts, which I happen to be. And <laughs> it's been a great tournament at the world match play right now. Which is, so uh, you can check that out. But um, it's so I feel bad for for people because like in my job at Action Network, you know, July, everybody basically just, you know, tries to get their vacations in mm. as much as they can before football season starts. And um, so it's just like, it's just a dead time. And, but there's a difference between <laughs> like being creative and, and, and serving the audience than just being like, this is what I think the Islanders should do. Right. 
because it doesn't matter what you think the Islanders should do. <laughs> Who had Alexander Romanov coming exactly. to the New York Islanders? Right. Like nobody did. The Islanders were were connected to 75 defensemen since the beginning of last year. And none of them were Alexander Romanov. Hmm. So like there's just it. And then pretending like you're, this is my idea. This is what the Islanders should do. So it is, you know, gospel or, or correct. It's just going to eventually like put people off and, and it make people more grow more frustrated because you, they'll be like, well, you were wrong about this. You were wrong about that or whatever. And like, (laughs) you can just say, I have no idea what the Islanders are going to do, but how about we just talk about that? Like you can, you can couch it in a different way. Like let's just size up how, where the Islanders stand in this division right now, as it is like, Mm. because the, the the picture didn't look terrible a couple of weeks ago. And now it does in terms of that. Right. Like there are other ways to cover the team besides being like, yeah. uh, uh, How we're seeing and, and and then talking down from a soapbox, uh, you know, yeah, because you, you, you've, you do, you know, you've, you've been on a podcast or you used to work for the team or whatever, <laughs> like whatever it is, like, yeah, you, there's just, there's a very easy way to like engage with, with a very frustrated fan base that's yearning for information and yeah. there is no information. So there is like, there's just a middle ground that everyone needs to meet. And the best way, the worst way to do it is to be like, oh, I've got no time for you, silly fans, mm. which we've, we've seen a, a way too much of um, yeah. this off season. Right. Yeah. A lot of, there's a, there's a lot of sort of condescension out there. That, that, that's ridiculous. Nobody's doing that. And then it's like, well, that's why they did that because they had to do this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Um, you know, well, again, well, and I, I keep teasing the Gujo thing, but we'll get to some more topics there too. It's funny that you bring up Bellows because every time I see an RFA that's not signed, I'm always like, I wonder if they can get that guy for Bellows. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> you know, maybe you can get, you know, it's like maybe they could trade him to uh, that whole list here. Obviously, the the Devils aren't going to trade him for like Jesper Brett, but it's sort of like, oh, they Blue Jackets uh, going to have trouble signing Patrick Line, eh? Maybe they can get, <laughs> you know, we can offer you a, a just, slightly used Kiefer Bellows. <laughs> I could just totally see him being, being showing up in September, and be like, uh, then be like, oh yeah, was, did you ever get Bellows signed? He's like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like right. Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows, he was a RFA. Like, um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> was he an Islander? Like, we're like, oh yeah, because yeah. he's like he's such he's been such a forgettable player. Yes. Uh, he he his he shows up for you know shifting at half a, 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 every couple of weeks, and you're like, yeah. wow, that was I mean, damn impressive. And he's then had he goes away. Three memorable games, basically, in his <laughs> time with the Islanders. Like, uh, I, I. So just would it like I always forget about him because I'm like <laughs> you know like everyone listening to this podcast I go th- look at the Islander Cap friendly page yeah and twelve times a day it's just like a constant tab on my open on my laptop because mm. I'm a loser <laughs> and like I, I I look at that roster and I like build lines and I'm like making cap space here and I'm like what am I missing oh I forgot yeah. you know Zach Parisi or whatever and then I never realize I forget Kiefer Bellows like every time despite literally thinking about this all day long <laughs> yeah and then mayfield obviously like you said is a ufa so he's another guy i completely forgot about but he's gonna need a contract too yeah but that gets me to you know the trade scenario and you mentioned this before like we keep hearing about all oh, the islanders need to make trades to get you know room to make room for new players or you know people keep going back to what lou said earlier which is that like you know they want to make hockey trades to upgrade the the team and that's all fine and good but here's the problem Nobody wants the guys you have to trade. Nobody <laughs> wants them. And it's and what's funny to me, one of my favorite things ever 
and this isn't an Islanders fan thing. Thing this is, I think, fans of a lot of teams do this, and a lot of sports. They immediately want to jettison whoever their least favorite player on the team is. And in most cases, in a lot of cases with Islanders fans, that guy's Josh Bailey. And it's like, oh, well, they should just trade Bailey. Get rid of him. Get Trade him for nothing and then use that space to, to get somebody. Okay, well, who are you trading Josh Bailey to? No, nobody wants a guy who is making $5 million for the next couple of years and goes, you know, 25 games without a point every year. And then they start turning, talking about like, well, but I mean, he plays a power play. He can kill penalties. He's been into the all-star game. He's been the player. So all of a sudden the guy that they just want to get rid of for, for nothing is now Brian Trottier. Like he's, he's one, he's one of the other, he, either he's a bum that they can lose, or he's a guy who is an invaluable team, you know, asset and any team would be happy to have him. like, dude, you can't have it both ways. And the fact of the matter is, they're not trading Josh Bailey, as we've said. This guy needs seven games to get to 1,000. <laughs> That's going to come up in the question section later. Um, um, Simeon Varlamov, Lou has no appetite to trade, apparently. And uh, again, I, I've said this before. I agree with him. Like, you get rid of you know, the Islanders have two very good goalies. And I was thinking about this today. For four years now, and obviously Barry Trotz was the coach for that time, but for four years, the Islanders fan base has not had to worry about. A goal you had. It's, it's outrageous. Yeah, you had Leonard and Grice, then you had Varlamov and Grice, and then for the last two years you've had Varlamov and Sorokin. No matter who starts, you're getting a good goalie, right? Like you don't have to worry about it. And you know these guys go through slumps, and some guys are hot, and some guys aren't sometimes, and it happens. But like, I don't think a lot of people remember the days of like you have a starter, and then you have the oh shit guy. Like you know, remember Chad Johnson? Remember like Michael Neuvert? Right. Like these guys who if they played, you were like. You know, well, they better they better score eight goals tonight because this guy's going to give up four. You know, we don't have that, and I think Lou likes not having to worry about that. I and like it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Especially because you keep hearing all this, like, because obviously yeah. the, the Leafs talk has dominated the airwaves with right. Matt Murray and and Samsonov, and yeah, the the uh, party line is there's two parts to it. Is one. You, you you can't really figure out goaltending, so why not just throw a couple darts and see yeah. if one of them sticks? Which ludicrous, people, like yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, and then the second part is the second one now is just how many good goaltenders are out there mm. in in this league? Six, seven? Well, I know one team that has two. Yeah. <laughs> I root for them. Right? Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't want to see some AHL guy backing up. Ilya Sorokin, because then, you know, I don't want to see Sorokin play 70 games. Like, you know, and, that, that's crazy. So, and I will admit, like, I, there's logic to being like, well, it's a luxury, whatever. Right. To, to have Varlamov at 5 million behind Sorokin. But at this point now, what is the other option? Like, mm. the, the goal, Thomas Grice, for, for God's sake, is already, is, has signed his deal. Yarrow Halak has signed his deal. Like, there's Martin Jones. So a team actively went out and sought out <laughs> Martin Jones, and that team had two goaltenders. Right. So there's there's nothing out there. Like so, if the I think there is upside to trading Varlamov. I get it. Like you clear that space for a big trade that is never going to come. It seems like right. But the downside is really scary because yeah. if Sorokin gets hurt, um, if if he, I I mean I don't expect him to. To, to do this for his, his but if his form dips um plus mm. you can't play him you, yeah you're looking yeah. at 27 games at least for for the number two goalie in right. this league now so yeah i don't yeah. i don't really think the islanders should should play with that fire and no but i do understand there are right. some people who, who disagree and i get it well um, you look at cap friendly and that five right. million kind of sticks out but again he's a ufa at the end of the year i expect him to come back 
at a cheaper number. Right. And then they got to sign Sorokin anyway, <laughs> you know, right. uh, after that, which, which is going to be tricky too. But then that leaves basically Anthony Beauvillier. And I like Bo. You like Bo. A lot of people listening like Bo. He's a likable guy. That that smile, the blue eyes. He scored the huge goal against the Lightning in the conference finals a couple of years ago. We love this guy. He's been a career Islander since he was you know 18 years old. He's got no trade protection. He's making four million, which is you know not nothing, but not a ton either. But the reality is, he's a guy who hasn't really broken through. And as Kevin Kurz has said, you know one of one of the most pressing things he said all year is that every team has a guy like this, like that that 25 year old guy that has all the talent in the world, and and you you like him as a person and as a player, and he just hasn't broken through. So what team is taking on another one of those guys? You know, like. I don't. So I just whenever I hear like, oh, they're working on trade for who, for how, right. like wh- what, what are they going to trade? You know, they've already given away most of their defensemen. So like, you know, you need those guys. I just I don't see where it's going to happen. And this is, again, where it gets back to what we were saying. Like, nobody knows. No, again, nobody expected Romanov. Nobody knows what happens. And I don't want to wake up one day and find that, you know, Brock Nelson was traded. But like. <laughs> that's a possibility right. i guess <laughs> like, I right. if, like if people if people are looking at this like a conventional let's just bring up the matt kachuk thing because i think that's kind of looming over this podcast right. a little bit because it the thing that came out today with you know someone please go check on eric francis of sportsnet <laughs> i mean poor guy oh don't worry i got a lot to say about him <laughs> a little bit yeah but um if, if let's talk about um, you would love matthew kachuk on the islanders sure I would love Matthew Kachuk. Everybody would love Matthew Kachuk on the Islanders, except for people who don't root for the Islanders. Because could, could you imagine before you go on? Could you imagine Matthew Kachuk and Anders Lee on the same line? Like no, <laughs> like that would be insane. I, it would. I, I think he. If I could like root for a hockey player and like create one to root for, it would be his, his style of player. Like he's got the the best parts of the old school hockey that we grew up watching, and then the. He's, but he's got the the speed and finesse that you need to play in this NHL, which is great. And and he's a hard on his sleeve kind of guy, and he's always got his mouthpiece dangling <laughs> out of his mouth and um, whatever. But so if you're, but if you know, let's let's talk about it a little bit because I think we both know. For, I mean, first of all, as soon as as soon as I heard his name was available, of course I was like, oh man, I would love the Islanders get him. I want the Islanders get him click over to cap friendly the whole situation whole song and dance to try to get my hopes up and then i yelled at myself (laughs) to be like can you just not for just two minutes not like do this and because you know what's going to happen and you know the whole angel on your shoulder devil on your shoulder kind of conversation happened in my in my head and i kind of calmed myself down um because what we were just saying like for the islanders to do this it would be like a three-step process because, like you said, they're not going. The, the Flames aren't going to trade Matthew Kachuk for Anthony Beauvillier in a first-round right. pick and an A2 Ratu or whatever, <laughs> right? The Islanders would need to find, you know, to, to trade Beauvillier to to a team like Buffalo or Arizona, right. or, you know, a team like that to to clear his space and then give up the assets to Calgary. I mean, maybe. Provilia is part of that, but I just don't think they want to take on a guy if, if with a $4 million ticket as, as a return who's prob- whose value is just not that high right now, right? So um, there's just a lot that needs to happen for for this to delusion of grandeur to come true. And my God, I hope it does. 
Mm. But like, I just know it won't. And now I'm, yeah. I've, I've gone completely the other way and I'm mad at myself for this. And it's just so sad as a fan that all I'm thinking now with Kachuk and, and Patrick Kane to some extent is, dear God, don't let them go to the Rangers. Like, that's it. Like, all because like, anytime this stuff happens, when the player has all the control in the world, like Matt Kachuk can say, like, I'll give you a list of teams that I will sign an eight-year deal with and you need to trade me to one of these teams. Guess what team is going to be on that list? Yeah. Because they're always on that list. And, it, yeah. and, and you know, if, if, even though they're, people now are, are like all talking about the taxes and stuff because of what Tampa Bay is, they have been able to do. The taxes don't matter if you're playing for them. Like, because you're playing in Manhattan. You're playing at the Garden. It's got this allure to it. The media makes it such a big deal about it. They're going to be on that list. And like, so now I've gone from, oh, I really, really want this player to full, hey, Lou, just do whatever the hell you need to do. I don't care if you get him. I don't care if you All need right. to take on Milan Lucic's contract to make sure that he doesn't go to the Rangers, right. um, which is just sad. Yeah. No, I, I hear I hear you. And, I, and normally I would be I, with Kachuk. And, and again, I don't know if, if everybody out there read the story. I'll put a link to it. He talked about uh, or the, the report out of St. Louis uh, talked about how his preferred destinations include Dallas, Vegas, Florida, um, uh, other, some other team that has no uh, – like a no tax is in a no tax state and St. Louis where he's from. Cause obviously his father was Keith Kachuk. So, you know, I'm not too worried about the Rangers also. They got a lot of dudes they need to sign. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Um, but I know for a fact, he's not coming here. Like he ain't coming here. And even if he did, like, he's one year from being a UFA. So even, you know, I could see a situation where the flames just say, well, screw you. And they trade him to some other team to get something. And then he just walks away from that team in a year. Like that's a possibility too. But uh, it's just, this in a way I'm kind of glad this unfolded the way it did because I know the Islanders aren't going to even bother here. So I'm, I can't bother I can't get my hopes up at all because he ain't coming. He just isn't. So I'm not even going to waste my energy <laughs> worrying about him. Um you know, and if he ends up with the Panthers, well then he could at least torture the Leafs and the Lightning. Uh <laughs> and I, you know, I I don't think the Rangers. Oh, I I think I think he's going to end up in Vegas to be perfectly. And and I said on Twitter the funniest outcome would be <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights trading Jack Eichel for Matthew Kachuk. Like that would totally be the funny, or even, even Mark Stone to a lesser extent would be a funny. Yeah, sign, sign me up for that. Right. Like, yeah. get, cause <laughs> it's just, it's, it's looming over me and right. that, that this is now a possibility. And, right. um, well, but when, once again, like it's going to, we're going to hear all sorts of stuff like, yeah, well, you know, like Lou, you know, Lou really needs to, to, to prove to us this this summer like he needs to make a move to for us to, to like restore his faith and go get matthew kachuk yeah of course that would be great yeah. but like just because you're saying that on twitter doesn't mean it's going to happen <laughs> and like it's like and then when people tell you that and be like yeah like i would love that too but this hmm. isn't how he works like don't and then then that person then dunks on that person it's just yeah. enough and i get it because and, everyone's so f- like kind of just bored by the islanders not there's nothing alluring about the team next year and people just want to get ex- like the off season is about getting excited and there's nothing to get excited about yet. So I get it. And like why, why this whole situation is happening all over Islanders Twitter, but like, just do your best to like take a deep breath, consider who is <laughs> this, this information is coming from. Maybe think about it for a second before you respond and um, then just go about your day or, you know, DM, you can DM me. You can talk to Dan. Like we, I'll, I'll gladly have a reasonable Islander conversation about unreasonable things with someone. 
Um, uh, but my recommendation is to burn that energy off playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, available <laughs> now on all video game consoles and PC. So do that. Um, before we take a break, uh, my my thing that Lou Lamarello could do to make everybody a lot, feel a lot better that we have not talked about at all at this point uh, would be to sign Matthew Barzell to a contract extension. Huh. That 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 would to me like that would be the thing that if they if they announced that tomorrow, I'd be like. This offseason has been a success. <laughs> and I just walk away oh, and be... just forget about this team for a month and a half. Just do that. You know, because because no Dobson we know isn't going anywhere. Like, okay, that's fine. And like whatever they sign him to will probably be a pretty reasonable thing. Same with Romanov, like you said, but like Barzell, you know, they gotta get him they they gotta walk him to free agency at some point. It's gonna be a big number. Sign that contract and we could then I'll, I'll move on with my life. But there you go. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more. Johnny Goudreau, I promise it'll be new stuff, not last week's stuff. And then we're going to take some of your questions and uh, we got a lot of really good ones. So come on back. Thanks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also carry our, our Al Arbor T-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code Long Island to save 10% off anything in the store. VintageIceHockey.com. You can visit there anytime, no matter how hot it is outside. Go there and buy some cool hockey stuff. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Please play and drink responsibly. Uh, Okay, so I just wanted to have another couple of minutes on Johnny Goudreau. So by now, we all know he's signed in... Colorado, uh, Colorado, uh, no, I hope not, uh, Columbus. And uh, he's gone on this sort of little media tour. He's done a bunch of podcasts. He's, he published today his obligatory and mandatory Players' Tribune article in which he addresses the fans of Calgary and talks about how hard his decision was and how much he loved playing in Calgary. It, it's basically like a Mad Libs type of thing. Like It's the same exact thing that all these guys write when they send out, when they they disappear. I know you all read one four years ago. Just, you know, change a couple of names, Calgary and whatever, and you'll be fine. Um, you know, people were tripping over themselves saying, oh, this is such a he he, he really came clean here. Um, listen, nobody cares about how hard a decision this was. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Because to them, the decision is easy. Just resign with my team. Like, I'm the guy who's been cheering for you for 10 years. Just resign with my team. I don't understand why this is so difficult. 
Um, but he has given some insight into how he came to this decision. Um, basically, it comes down to he knew a bunch of guys that played in Columbus, and they talked about how great it was, and he liked it there when he played there as a visiting player, and he signed there, and that was it. And when people said he wanted to play back east and were like, well, he's from Philly, he wants to play in Philly, he, he probably did, does and did want to play for the Flyers. But again, they were too busy filling up their cap space with dudes that aren't Johnny Goudreau, so he wasn't going there. He told a certain podcast that he was talking to New Jersey for a long time before Columbus called. And then he was like, oh, no, I want to go there. So uh, Tom Fitzgerald says that he wasn't talking to anybody before, you know, he disappeared (laughs) to Columbus. So I don't know who's telling the truth there. And as far as the Islanders go, it seems like, again, like we were talking about before, they were trying to trade to make cap space. Maybe they, you know, they they talked about some interest, but they never really put in an offer. They never really kind of were part of the whole situation. And this is the thing that drives me kind of nuts. And it's not, it's funny because I'm not mad that the Islanders didn't make an attempt to sign Johnny Goudreau, if that's the case, because what we just talked about, like they're in this kind of weird cap situation. They want to, you know, move guys out. Nobody wants them. It's a whole thing. The people I'm mad at are the people who spent all day on signing day telling me that the Islanders and Devils were the two top two destinations for Johnny Goudreau. And it turns out that that was wrong. And then when he signs with Columbus, they all just go, uh, wow, how about that? And they stand there with their arms, their hands on their sides like, wow, could you believe that? Well, anyway, and then they just go back to whatever they're doing. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> people people were driving themselves crazy trying to figure out are the Islanders in there. They're going to do this. Can they do this? The devil, even Devils fans and, you know, whatever, like. And then to just be like, Wow. Talk about a surprise. Yeah, no kidding. We're surprised because you were telling us he was going to sign with this other team. What the hell? And this drives me nuts. And this is where we got to what we were just talking about before. Like, the, you have to you have to consider the source and you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt because don't nobody knows where this stuff comes from. And it all turned out to be wrong. And this has happened all the time. Temi Panarin was the same thing. Like, I never believed he was going to sign with the Islanders for a minute. But people were saying, oh, he's going to sign it. And he ended up signing with the Rangers. Tavares... We've been through already. Like we know. And oh, and that's the other thing too. Mike mentioned Eric Francis before. So Eric, <laughs> Eric Francis is the Flames writer for Sports and he's been there a hundred years. He is not taking this well. <laughs> he's he's been every day he posts another screed about Goudreau. I can't believe it. How could he do this? Blah, blah, blah. And now with this Kachuk thing, forget now he's gonna go over the edge. He's gonna become the Joker now. Like he's just completely <laughs> lost it. And throughout this entire time, this man has not once in any of these articles, and I know because I read them all, not once has he ever referenced at all the situation four years ago that the Islanders went through with John Tavares. Not once. And it's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> like, doesn't any of this ring a bell, dude? I guess not. So anyway, that's my screed. I just, I, I'm just, so much of it is maddening, and none of the maddening stuff is Johnny Goudreau choosing to go to Columbus. Like, I get that, you know? I'm mad because now the Islanders are to play him, but that's it. I think one of the things about the Tavares situation that I guess I didn't under, I I mean, you can't understand it at the time that it happens, but a decision like that just ends up setting off like a million different chain reactions. Right. And because it was a bad thing that happened to the Islander fan base, those react chain reactions for the most part are going to be annoying and bad uh, because (laughs) The Tavares situation made me mad. It made you mad. It made everyone mad and sad. So now the way that it's kind of been 
talked about flippantly or just completely straight up ignored with the Goudreau situation. I think it was Craig Custance today in The Athletic had an interview with Goudreau and was like, you know, Johnny, there's yeah. a similar situation to this. Um, and it was, and I was like, and you sent, you sent me the screenshot. And <laughs> so when I'm reading it, I was like, okay, he's going to say to Paris, Brad Richards, what the? F- <laughs> yeah. Brad Richards, Brad Richards. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the reason I'm getting like maybe irrationally frustrated and, and mad at these guys about the way that they're not talking about the Tavares situation is there we're hearing now flame fa- flames fans have every right to be upset mm. by the way this was handled flames fans you have every right to boo johnny goudreau mm. when he comes back to your building darren drager i'm pretty sure tweeted out on february 28th Suffolk County police and Nassau County police told confirmed to me they're putting extra bodies on the Islander game tonight just in case the fans over like overreact. Hmm. Like what? what? Wait, wait, when did, why didn't we get that treatment? Like we're, we're four years out now from, from that happening. Um, you know, four years and a couple months, uh, weeks. And nobody's saying like, man, like, Islander, like, poor one. Like, think about the Islander fans right now. Like, they must be like, if you want to, hey, Flames fans, if you want to know how to deal with this, you know, talk to the Islander fans. Like, how has maybe, nobody said that? The only thing that I've I've heard it a couple times, and I heard it today from Boomer Gordon on on the radio was, you know, like it's not a death sentence when a star player leaves. Look at what happened with the Islanders when Tavares left, right? Like, <laughs> like they think good things started to end up happening to them, but no, still nobody's mentioned the fact that like. Oh, Flames fans were upset. Maybe we were a little too hard and still are a little too hard on the way the Islander fans reacted to, to Tavares leaving because the that situation was almost it was like it's like a movie where um like a teen romance movie where you know the the girl's like dating the jock and there's like the nerd who loves has a crush on the girl and then you know maybe she she ends up with with the nerd at the end of the movie whereas in this situation, that didn't happen, right? The 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 girl goes with the jock, and you're, instead of feeling bad for the nerd, it was everyone pointing and laughing at us, yeah, like being like, "You guys deserve this for being a nerd." Um, no, uh, nobody's brought that up. Everyone's now saying like, "I feel terrible for Flames fans, right. poor Brad Tree living," and yeah, like you said, not once has anyone just been like, "Man, I kind of understand now. I'm starting to understand why." Islander fans reacted the way they did because whereas the Tavares situation was, was covered incessantly by one market. It was kind of just it, the, there was no nuance to it, but with Goudreau's situation, we knew every detail about what was, what was going into this decision. Or so we thought, does he, you know, he's an East coast guy. He's thinking about this. He played you know, college in Boston, uh, college hockey in BC and, and really like loved playing in front of his friends and family. Like we knew everything about this guy like and what was going into this decision and we were explained those details ad nauseum the entire season <laughs> whereas Tavares it was just boiled down to yeah no he was toiling away on Long Island wanted to go home like yeah and and you guys should be able to see through that like yeah. where, where, why where, can't you where's be the happy that he went to go play home at home what's wrong with you why aren't you happy for this person 
because he was our first overall pick. <laughs> he was the guy we were supposed to build the franchise around. He's the guy who said he wanted to bring a cup to Long Island because it was his home now. And then he fucking left. And you guys all cheered him. And you threw roses <laughs> at his feet while he made. He walked over there. Player empowerment. Right. But with Goudreau, it's, oh, man, I can't believe he would take take advantage of the leverage he had and go seek out his best deal. God, yeah. give me a goddamn break with this. It's like. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I, I don't know. And then, and then is, but these then, are the ripple effects I'm talking about. Like, we're now talking about Johnny Goudreau. Right. Four years after Tavares left the Islanders. And it all goes back to the way, because just how much of a shit show yeah. that situation was. And it wasn't our fault. Like, it was not Island, no Islander fan overreacted. Not even the people who threw a jersey at him or a snake at him. I don't care. Go right ahead and do it. Don't hurt the guy. But just you know, like he was a plastic <laughs> snake. People still bring that up like it was a goddamn like someone yeah. th- threw a samurai sword at him. No, it was a plastic <laughs> snake. Was it the right thing to do? No, but get over it. Like it don't need to bring it up every time we talk. Now it gets brought up when Johnny Goudreau goes back to yeah. Calgary. I heard it. I heard it on I think it was the Chris Johnston podcast, which I listened to for some reason. Uh, and, and he was like, you know. He actually said, like, he's like, Islander fans, I, I I, had no problem with the way Islander fans acted. There was one guy who threw a jersey at him, which, you know, maybe he's crossing the line, but whatever. Um, But now that is being brought up, the, yeah. the snakes on the ice. They're like, well, I don't think Flames fans should throw snakes on the ice like those Islander fans did when, when Tavares went home. But you can boo them, and we would understand. Everything that Eric Francis has written to this point is equally as embarrassing as everything Islanders fans did. When Tavares left, right, like, and 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 again, and we're the fans, <laughs> right, and we're the fans. He's a, he's a professional journalist who's been at this for thirty years, and and the thing too that gets me is the situations are obviously incredibly similar. Like you know, stars leaving, the team not getting anything, and going you know closer to home or whatever, and you know maybe taking less money to to do that. Not down to the Player Tribune article, the Player Tribune, and and also not understanding that they're going to get. That they're gonna piss people off, like that. Goudreau was saying, "I didn't think I was gonna get it this bad, dude." What did you expect? These people root for the Calgary Flames. You don't play for the Flames anymore. How hard is this to figure out? But the thing that makes it worse is again, Goudreau was like a fourth round pick. Like he came out of nowhere, right? Became a superstar. He's found they loved money. Him. What's it? Yeah, it was found money, and and he was fantastic. He was a you know five foot seven whatever player. Tavares was the chosen one. And I know I'm using the Star Wars terminology here that Obi-Wan can you were the chosen one. Like, that's the whole thing. And then he was just like, nah, I'm gone. And he just left. And then and then we got told we were wrong <laughs> for being mad. And that made us even more mad. So I, like, I think <laughs> we were looking, I guess, maybe for sympathy back then or understanding. And yeah. now I'm just looking for some credit for like, oh, all right. right. Like, I maybe it is understanding, right? Like, yeah. If if I hear just one person in in that kind of gatekeeper class of of hockey media people in Canada, just be like, you know what, we probably were wrong yeah. with the way we handled the Islander fans like back then because we're seeing it now in our backyard and in one of our seven markets, our prize seven markets, and it sucks mm. for these fans, <laughs> and it yeah. sucks for the media people too for right. some reason. But it sucks. For, you this would be great right you got storyline there's a great storyline heading into the season for the flames they got a chip on their shoulder and whatever and and francis can now sink his teeth into this kachuk stuff but like that's the thing i feel terrible for flames fans because we know exactly what they're going through and i remember everything like it was yesterday i really truly do (laughs) 
<laughs> and I want to like almost reach out, like like I know this is our last episode mm. uh, for the season. And I was actually talking with Emily before, and I was like, "This is yes, yeah, our last episode tonight." She's like, "I thought last week was your last episode." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> so it wait. is." And, she, and she's like, "Well, it's it's definitely not going to be your last episode." I was like, "Unless the Islanders make a big trade, it's our last episode." Right. And she's like, "See," and I'm like, "They're not." Gonna be. <laughs> but I know it's our last episode. But if a flame fan, a Flames fan, reached out to us and was like, "I want to sort through this." Mm. And Islander fans went through this, just like Dallas Stars fans went through this when Brad Richards left them. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> and that's a stupid thing. He was traded to Dallas. He was there for yes. a couple of years, and then he left. He I won mean, a Stanley Cup with the Lightning. Right. I don't, I've never seen a single Stars fan bring that up or care about Brad. Like, oh, well, this team hasn't been right since Brad Richards. What? Like, no. And again, to the to your point, like before. Nobody also forget about even almost like the Tavares, like leaving angry stuff. Nobody's brought up that the Islanders had their best season in 30 years, the year after he left, you know, like the the flames already have Daryl Sutter. Like I would expect them to be pretty good, you know, like the, right. that, that it's just, I don't know, but it's just, I don't know. I just find, I really, I feel like we're, our existence is being erased again. Like it's just, you know, and and by a guy, I mean I don't. Try, I mean Eric Francis is kind of a clown anyway. It's not like I I care all that much, but at the same time, it's like, dude, we have been through this. You know, it's like it's like if you're telling somebody about a movie, and they're like, or somebody's telling you, I saw the best movie, and you're like, yeah, I've seen that movie. Okay, so it's about this guy who does it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I've seen the movie, and then I couldn't believe he did. Yeah, I know, I've seen the movie. Like, <laughs> like I, I've seen it already. I said, oh oh yeah, that's right. So. Anyway, all right. Well, there you go. So check out the tri- Players Tribune thing if you really want to. It's it's again, <laughs> you've read it before. I promise. Whether it was Kevin Durant or John Tavares or anybody else who left their team, you know, you know what it says. But you know, if you want a little bit more insight into why he chose Columbus, and basically it comes down to he, he knew some dudes who played there. So there you go. And uh, I guess he didn't know anybody who played for the Islanders. Okay, so let's. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been at this for about an hour now, so let's get to our Twitter questions. Uh, this was kind of a spur of the moment thing. We figured it was the last episode of the season. We want to have you know we had fun doing this the last time, and and it would be a cool cool way to kind of leave off and you know for however long we will be off for. Uh, so thanks to everybody who sent in questions. We got a bunch of great ones here. Uh, we're going to start out with uh, our buddy Stephen Smith from Lighthouse Hockey who asked uh, a question that is impossible to answer definitively, but with all the seemingly big name free agents still available and shrouded in silence, has Lou signed all of them? <laughs> More realistically, <laughs> if he signed one, who is it? If he signed one, who is it? Oh, man, you know, I just had the thing up. Uh, uh, do, do you have an answer? I'm going to look at my list again here. I would say the Nita Rider. Like, yeah. That, that would be the guy that, like, it just makes sense because I thought he would be pretty. Yeah. Prized um. Him. What's that? I was the other one. Like I could see, like like Chris Russell, like some some like crazy like twelve hundred game veteran. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Sonny Milano, the uh, guy we've yeah. had talked about before. Um, but I'm gonna throw Ryan Donato out there too. I did not realize that he's uh, he's uh, still out there, and he's only twenty six, so that's not that's not too bad. But yeah, so uh, yeah, there's a couple of guys there. But yeah, Nita Ryder, I think would might, but I, that would be a weird. That would be a weird thing. I don't, we'd have to we'd have to process that if that was the one because we we talked a lot of shit about Nino. Yeah, that <laughs> that would be a weird one. Yeah, but uh, it was a different team back then. We're out. Okay, uh, notorious MJT asks, "Who has Lou already secretly signed?" Oh yeah, we did that already. So we will not know about this in September. Well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Nita Ryder, 
Donato, uh, some old bastard, and uh, Milano. We'll have to see about that. Uh, Sean Marshall, our friend from Great Britain, asks, is there a scenario where the Islanders can make the playoffs next year that doesn't involve me going to all 82 games? Sean, my friend, I hate to break this to you, but you better get some frequent flyer mileage going (laughs) because (laughs) for those who don't know, Sean has an incredible run of luck. Whenever he watches the Islanders play, they win. So if I'm the team, I put you on retainer and I just have you at every game period because you're the good luck charm. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What, what do you think? Is this, can, can they do this without Sean's help or not? I would say pr- probably not, but like maybe they'll <laughs> stay afloat It'll, and yeah. then we can bring him in for the stretch run. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that's possible. And then they, right. Then they bring him in as the closer. You know, right. The playoffs. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, our buddy, Michael Sherline, what is the unladen weight of an African swallow? Uh, the answer is one. Bigaloid. <laughs> <laughs> Bigaloid, a longtime listener uh, and follower, asks, if the Islanders decided to change their goal song, what should the new song be? I know my answer, but I'll go to you first. Do you have a, a choice here for a new goal song? Because, frankly, this goal song sucks. And oh, it's, it's so bad. Long, long overdue. Please it's make so it go bad. away. <laughs> well, I'll give you two answers. One that I, I'll save the one I want for for the second part of my answer, which is I think for Lou, it would just be, silence or something yeah. like you know like it would just be so funny if like he's just like no i don't like gold songs and the other score and then mm. you know just it's just qu- quiet in the crowd right. like like, <laughs> like almost after the uh, the opposing team scores and, just, <laughs> and um but for me they had it right a decade plus ago they had the live as life was just awesome yeah, with that was with, awesome with kanapka and, and pa parento leading the charge there and i'll never forget the game i think it was december 2010 HBO was in the building for that Penguins 24 mm. seven and the Islanders ended that streak. And I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, it was DiPietro like mobbed the team at center ice, like acted like they just won the Stanley cup. He definitely knew HBO was in the building. Come on, Rick, <laughs> we, we can all see right through you. Um, and I just remember that. I'm pretty sure I remember that song just blaring and being like this. I this did love that rocks. song. And I, I don't know if I loved it because it was only like a one season thing. I don't know if maybe if, you know, in season 10, we would have been as sick of it as we are <laughs> of the current song, but I would definitely be in favor of bringing that back. My choice has always been, I want to rock by Twisted Sister. The part that goes, I want to rock, rock. You know, it's, it's an old man rock song. It's chantable. And they're dudes from Long Island. There's no other answer to this question. It should be, I want to rock by Twisted Sister. I can't even... I, why it's it's not happened, I don't know. Call D. Snyder. I'm sure he'd be he'd love to have that. that he's, he's a very amenable dude. So there you go. Uh, Eric asks, which past Islanders, not counting star players, would you like to have seen play in today's NHL? Quicker pace, less holding, more creativity. Um, I mean, there's there's an obvious answer here that's Siggy Palfy, but I mean, you're you're a much more encyclopedic uh, uh, rememberer of players than I am. Is there somebody else that kind of makes you think? Boy, I wish he could. I could. He could play today because he would be awesome, even better. You know, yeah. I mean, I would love to have seen the couple guys from that Peter Laviolette, Steve Sterling, Brad Shaw era, which was you know, Bates for one. Oh yeah, be, you know, a little. He's quick. Um, yeah, Jason Blake. I know he yeah, played I was say towards kind of toward he he was he he was past his prime by the time like things <laughs> really really opened up. Um, but like if we got prime Jason Blake. Uh, that would be great. And the other ones are kind of the opposite, where it's like it would just be hilarious to watch them play in this NHL was, would be Brendan Witt and Andy Sutton. Because I think, you know. <laughs> Yeah, guys, yeah. I was going to say Mick Vakoda, same thing. Guys that uh, 
didn't let's just say they, they weren't the fleetest of foot. Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah, I don't know how how this era would would they would fare, but uh, yeah, no, this, this is good. I mean, again, I yeah, Blake and, and Bates particularly because they really. I was gonna say Pekka too, but yeah, Pekka, you know, yeah, again, same you know, short, fast, strong. They could do that, but I mean, Ziggy, I mean, Ziggy would have he would still be four, scoring forty five goals. Uh, you know what? You know who play. else might have been a star would be Matthias Weinhandel. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in that three-on-three league, Matias would be a star. Hey, if they want to get me in the building for that, yeah. which I'm sure is a, a challenge for an upstart league like that, you just please come come play yeah. at Eisenhower Park and have <laughs> Matias wine handle, and you'll you will get a hundred yeah. of the weirdest people you've ever met <laughs> buying tickets to that. Hopefully, we get a proper alumni night again this year and they, yes. they bring all the dudes back and he's one uh matt a question is more for mike he and i you guys are about the same age and had similar islanders experiences legit beginning to come to terms that this team may not win a cup in my lifetime <laughs> have you started to have a similar grieving experience <laughs> yeah i mean that's i i kind of always operated under that assumption yeah uh, which is that it it just will never happen and <laughs> um yeah like I think it's it's funny because you look at like your phases of your life, yeah. Like you know the like the, the the high school, middle school, high school, like coming of age years, and like how I told myself back then, like you know this is this is kind of building towards something great, like this fandom. Uh, and fifteen years from now, like there's a chance you look back and you know the Islanders have won the 2016 Stanley Cup or something like that, and and you know what it feels like to to win a Stanley Cup. Mm. And now, like my approach to it is just. Like, yeah, it's just who, who part of my life is just rooting for this team that's never going to win anything. It's, <laughs> the payoff is just not coming. Yeah. <laughs> so um, have I, I kind of accepted it, I guess. Mm. Uh, I, I won't I won't dis, uh, disabuse you of that notion if you feel that way. Obviously, I'm not the guy to talk you out of it. But, however, I will say this. As an old, old, old comic book fan, I never thought I would walk into a movie and see Rocket Raccoon on a big screen <laughs> and, you know, a character that like my my kid knows and like there are stuffed animals and toys and Rocket Raccoon was like a Z-list, you know, barely used Marvel Comics character for a long time until, you know, 2014. So anything is possible, I guess, but, is what I'm trying to know, say. That, that, that kind of brings back like last last season, not, not last season, the, the good one, the good last season, yeah. 2021. Um that playoff run that's why it was so incredible was because the whole time i was just walking out of the national coliseum after they won and especially after games that they clinched or that game six with balvillier and like i could feel the kind of like my face like melting off my body almost like every time because i'm just like i don't understand if this is real i don't nothing was computing (laughs) in my head that whole time and i still like even just talking about like it chills thinking about like the parking lot after the game or just like the noise after the Beauvillier goal or, you know, that, that, that game six against the Bruins with Nelson and Bailey were just turned into <laughs> Lemieux and Gretzky for a little while. Like I remember exactly like how that stuff made me feel watching mm. it and just like, you know, being around the, the playoff run. And I, f- and I, I felt it and I, I like appreciate it. I didn't take it for granted because like, that question the person who asked that question i've just you know mostly just thought this is never going to happen and i've trained myself to be like oh if it actually might happen <laughs> you need to absorb everything right so i guess that's like the upside to it yeah yeah i could, I could see that yeah that, that was a 
that was a you know that was magical because we had never experienced anything like right. that before, and that was the closest we came. Uh, Nick asked a really good question. Boy, talking about falling between the cracks and kind of out of sight, out of mind. Do you think they still have interest in Jacob Chikrin? Would you rather trade for Sam Gerrard from the Avalanche, who's apparently available, and use some of the pieces for a form uh, for for the former for a scoring wing? Um, I don't know if they still have interest in Jacob Chikrin because now they got Romanov. Uh, Sam Gerrard's a heck of a good player. I don't know what it would cost to get him uh in some sort of salary dump but uh i don't know yeah i don't know what's going on with chicken we haven't heard anything from him for a while islanders or otherwise i mean what do you think do you think they're still kind of I, interested I in him? Goes, goes back to what you said you know this whole time with like these insiders telling us goodrow is coming <laughs> to the islanders like chicken was an islander right, right. basically was had his jersey outfitted for the <laughs> islanders by a lot of people um and yeah they get romanov and nobody says oh maybe we were wrong uh right. But yeah, yeah I don't the guy think retires as a right. Arizona Coyote, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think so unless they, they'd have to. I'll put it this way: like of of the the, the trade candidates out there that you've heard names like uh, Kachuk, Kane, Miller, Chikrin, whoever else is out there. Like he would probably be the most surprising if they ended up getting him. Which yeah, at this point, like means mm. he's probably gone. <laughs> I wonder if uh, he ends up being n- not so much a Scott Mayfield replacement, but like there's kind of a, a swap right. thing going on there. I could see that. Uh, Greg asks a question that could be its own podcast. And in fact is what's our, who's our favorite random Islander of all time. I mean, we could be here all night doing this, but I- I'm just going to say, um, I don't even know. I, I really, there's so many. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy, probably Marius Tchaikovsky, probably honestly, <laughs> it's kind of random, I guess. Um, God, now I don't remember the story, but somebody the other day was telling me that they had a uh, a neighbor, a new neighbor. Oh, my friend Dylan's dad. Um, their neighbor moved in across the street, and the guy's name was Marius. Hmm. Um, and my my friend's dad would have no idea who Marius Tchaikovsky is, and I said, and I just asked him, I go, oh, "Are they Polish?" And he's hmm. like, "What? I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tchaikovsky's a good one. It changes every day for me. Like today was Mark Andre yeah. Bergeron. Tomorrow it'll be Randy Robitaille. Right. We can just go I, on and on and on. Uh, Tom Chorsky was doing an autograph signing here in a local like uh, collector shop, and I almost went there with my Islanders game time program with him on the cover just to get him <laughs> signed, just to remind him that he played for the Islanders for a year and change. Uh, but that is a reminder for all of you to listen to weird Islanders, the podcast, uh, if you haven't already, cause that is packed to the gills. That's all about random Islanders and, uh, and having great guests on. So check that out. Thanks, Greg. Uh, Michael asks, do you see Peugeot contributing more offensively this season? Well, he sure as hell better. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, I, I you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how he fares under Lane Lambert. I just, I just want to say that, but he better he, seriously. He better. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think him his his season in a weird way is dependent on you know Barzell and Nelson, right? Like yeah. if Barzell and Barzell's chipping in more, and Nelson chips in what he did last year, or even a little bit less, then there's so so much less pressure on Peugeot, and and he, he, he it'd be the type of thing where he'll pop up at the end with like 18 goals. He'd be like, oh damn, right. Peugeot had a a decent year, um, yeah. you know, for a third line center. Um, I yeah. just on him, like I did think for a little bit, but if there is someone that moves, like I just for some reason. Wouldn't be surprised at this point if if Peugeot gets traded. He's he's his trade clause has changed to mm. like a modified one now. Yeah. Uh, teams would still obviously really covet him, uh, yeah. even even at his contract. People, they, he's just the type of player that GMs really want. And we we've, we've yeah. seen perfectly, you know why. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just yeah. want to throw that out there. That would be sad. I, I'm I'm of the sad. belief that I think he was hurt last year. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm assuming he gets healthy this year and uh, and comes back and, and plays. Because he, he had played perfectly well the first couple of years. And you know, that last year was a bit of a down year for him. But I do think he was hurt. Uh, Jeff asks, how would you feel if we started the season with a defense as it is currently made where Salah or Ajo, probably Salah, is the third left defenseman? Um, you know, if it's not Zdeno Chara, I guess it's okay. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Uh, I would be a little surprised if they didn't get anybody else. But, you know, it's it's cut, Fisher cut bait with these two guys at this point. Maybe less so with Salo, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and, you know, let's see what happens. And if they're not going to make it, well, maybe the, we get rid of them. We'll see what happens. What do you think about Salo or Ajo? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's being a little overlooked how much the Islanders' blue line has improved just by not having – Char and Green <laughs> on it anymore, and I, I love both those guys. I especially loved mm. Green, but like you, you couldn't have. They were trying both of those guys out every night that last year, which in, in hindsight we probably should have saw, and I definitely didn't see it coming that it would that bad. I'm like, I love Andy Green; he's great. Right. No, you can't play in a blue line with Zidane. He can't. He's playing behind Zidane Chara. That's not a good, <laughs> good, good recipe. But um, yeah, I think I think it's. I'd be actually fine with it. It's it's. They, I think they kind of took care of what they needed was was most imperative for them to take care mm-hmm. of on the blue line, uh, and now it's just yeah you you want to maybe bring in the the Eric Gustafson PTO kind of guy. Um, <laughs> like, I know he signed with the Capitals, but like you know that yeah. that kind of player where oh yeah um, definitely somebody like that for sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not ter- I'm not terrified of it right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> that might be the best we're going to get <laughs> uh sab our buddy sab with the great youtube channel asks of the out of the current prospect pool who could you possibly who could possibly steal a spot out of training camp um i gotta think that the guy who had the best year was william dufour and i wonder if he's going to keep it going and uh i could see him doing that he's gonna be 20 years old so i mean he'll have a shot at it i mean really there's only two options right it's dufour or ratty and uh I don't know, maybe Bull Duke, but I, I highly doubt that. So I'm going to go with Dufour. What do you think? Is there somebody that, that yeah, catches think, your or, eye? Or like maybe Simon Holmstrom, who who quietly had like a decent yeah AHL year, and he's been playing in the AHL for so long. So yeah. I don't think any of them will break camp unless no, something happens because <laughs> the, the you know. But uh, I would think I'll put it this way: if if I had to bet on who the first like prospect call up would be, I would bet Holmstrom. I could see that. It's been a couple of years, so yeah, that might work. And, he, and he's a winger too, so we'll have to see. They could use some forwards there in the depth. Uh, Dave asks, uh, what was the one decision that most contributed to this current team's window closing? Taves trade, failure to sign Panarin or Goudreau, overpaying certain wingers, not hitting on certain draft picks, not playing Wallstrom Game 7 versus Tampa. Well, first of all, <laughs> I, I don't know if this window is necessarily closed. I mean, yeah, the team is still pretty good. They just need some help. And I think, like Mike said, you know, one or two players, they get closer to contention. Um, to me, it's it's the draft picks thing. Like that's that's the that's what it comes down to. And we talked about this last week. Like free agents don't want to come to the Islanders. The people that want to play for the Islanders are already Islanders, and they most of the time they stay. Obviously, with one notable exception. Um, you know, trading first round picks to get guys like Pajot and Palmieri. Okay, I kind of get that, but like you got to hit on the later picks, and so far they have not, and that's a huge problem. And if they they were hitting on those guys, then you could, you know, you have that depth and you wouldn't, wouldn't be losing trade, losing Taves wouldn't be a problem. Not having Pajot or Goudreau wouldn't be a problem, but they just haven't done that. And that that's, 
that to me is the biggest issue. The Islanders just their their draft success has not really been that great. And now you're looking at guys, you know, the guys that they drafted 10 years ago are 29, 30 years old and they're good. But like, where is where's the next crop coming from? I want to see those guys like the guys we just talked about Holmstrom, Dufour, Ratu. Like these are the guys I want to see if these guys pan out, then then it changes the complexion of the team entirely. So yeah. I'm going to do that. You know, the Taves trade sucks, but hey, I mean, they went to they went to the conference finals with Adam. So, I mean, I can't can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And I'd also say that I, I do, I'm with you. I don't think the window is closed at all. I think if if you kind of just looked at it in a, in a vacuum, Hmm. And you looked at this roster and the fact that there's still runway left in a, in this off season, um, you know, for most seasons, you'd say, well, this is a decent team and I would be ex- almost excited about it. Uh, but we of course have the context to tell us don't be excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the Islanders used to go into seasons with like their first, their top six with, of PA Parento, Matt Molson, hmm. Tavares, uh, Blake Como, love them <laughs> but like you know so like it's this this roster just objectively speaking is much much better than most yeah. of the ones that we've we've seen since 1995 mm. um it's just we have a lot of context that tells us different things blake como by the way 30 uh 36 year olds ufa so just <laughs> throwing that out there another reunion maybe possibly. please i would love it <laughs> Uh, Tim asks, what's the worst retro, what's the worst reverse retro idea you can come up with for the Islanders? I don't know, but I know it would be black. Like, that's the thing. (laughs) Like, just no more black jerseys, please. I'm begging you. It works for some teams, not the Islanders. We've done it. No thanks. Yeah, man. That's a, (laughs) that's a funny question. Maybe like if they took something from like the Belmont arena, like Mm. that, that like kind of lighthouse looky thing on and like the corner that mm. was on the patch or like a whole i don't know a horse from the yeah Belmont i was gonna say what if it looked like uh racing silks yeah yeah, yeah something like that <laughs> um they, they're doing reverse retros again this season right yes. like and it'll be a different one yeah that's what i heard so i don't know we'll see i mean they're selling fisherman stuff in the, in the store so somebody likes it but I don't know, if we'll if they come out with that fisher if they do go fisherman stuff which which like I like, and if you like it, great. If you don't, whatever. Um, that's fine too. Yeah. I, but it, I'm just very excited that if they do do it, to to see Alan Hahn have a have a meltdown because <laughs> he thinks it's like it's yeah. like com- a complete personal affront <laughs> to him and everyone who ever used to root for the Islanders that they would I even mean, consider doing this jersey because it was they were bad yeah. at the time that they wore it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It, it, I mean, if anybody should be insulted, it's uh, Stan Fischler. The, the jersey looks just like him, and then they stop wearing it. So there you go. <laughs> um, our buddy Oleg Kavasha asks a question that is all you, so I will cede the floor to your expertise. Which aisles would make the best cricketers? Go. Well, let's talk bat. <laughs> if you were a cricket batter, like especially if you're test cricket, I think that's what all, he means. Yeah, yeah. It's all about it's all about patience and just being able to grind <laughs> um, through, and obviously hand eye coordination. So I think. The obvious answer would be Barzell, just because he's he's like such a freak. But I think like Adam Pellick to me like just mm. screams someone who could stand up uh, yeah. and with a bat and, and just bat for hours and hours and hours. Well, he's got the stick work, yeah. You know, so you think that translates? I would think Nelson probably falls in that category too. Mm. But 
<laughs> That's a good question. I don't. I have absolutely no idea. And I mean, with the helmets on, you can't really tell who's under them anyway. So I guess it doesn't. That's true. We will never really know. Uh, Bob Dittmeyer, our friend who was on an episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast, asks uh, actually serious question. Uh, why? We'll take it anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, did Tavares poison the Islanders by leaving? By that I mean, did he send the bat signal up that this is not the place to be? I mean, I don't know about that, but I, actually, you know what? It's actually, to, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like we've never covered that angle. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I meant to say this before when we were talking about Goudreau, and I, I promise we won't go off on a whole other ramp. But like, <laughs> I remember when when the when the Tavares return game happened, a bunch of NHLers were watching, and they tweeted stuff like, "Oh shit, this is bad." Like, you know, I remember Justin Braun was one, and Drew Doughty was like, "Man, never piss off Islanders fans" or something like that. And so I wonder if. I almost kind of thought at the time, like maybe this would make guys rethink leaving because they don't want to get this sort of treatment. Obviously, it didn't work for Johnny Goudreau. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's a whole other episode, honestly, to talk about why guys don't sign with the Islanders. We did a little bit last week, and I, I don't think it's that. I don't. I mean, I just – I don't know. I, it's just not an attractive place to sign right now. I mean, and really the NHL has you know a handful of those and, and a bunch of other teams. So, But like Mike said last week, you, know, you could have said that about the Columbus Blue Jackets until – last right. Thursday. So who knows? Yeah. I, I, I really don't know. Like, and, and I think one thing that's interesting that, you know, there's still a little bit of time left before it gets cemented is like, who was better off right. from, from that deal? Like between the two franchises, obviously like the Islanders have had more success right. since he left. But, um, and and I thought for a while, like teams teams were so geeked up for Goudreau, and we were geeked up because it's it's exciting. You, you kind of lose yourself during free agent frenzy and trade deadline kind of days because it's they're just exciting. But um, you know the the Tavares deal is not working out for it's now a <laughs> a burden for Toronto. Yes, like it's an anchor uh, on their 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 gilded ship that is is heading to to the heights every year before it sinks in the first round. But um, no, nobody really brought that up. Like it just historically has just not paid off to sign these guys. Uh, so maybe, you know, we could be talking a year from now and be like, thank God, <laughs> you know, the, that Goudreau didn't choose the Islanders. Like, thank God Vanek didn't stay with the Islanders. Thank yeah. God they didn't sign Smith or Drury or Gomez. Like all these guys who kind of spurned them, mm. even though those teams eventually, like they didn't, get better right after those guys didn't sign with them. The, the, those deals were not good for where they ended up going. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I do love that now. Like if you look at lists of like bad contracts on the Leafs, like Tavares is the only one <laughs> that's there. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think he sent up the bat signal in, in that way. You know, I, I mean, nobody wanted to sign before he left and you know, while he was with the Islanders and then nobody wants to sign with them after. So, I mean, Nothing really much has changed. I don't think he's out there like shit talking the Islanders or anything like that. I don't, don't think they need to. They probably do a good job of doing that enough themselves. Uh, but that's a cool question, though. Uh, Carl asks, hell freezes over and a studio green lights a movie on the 2007 Islanders miracle run to the playoffs. <laughs> Who do you pick to star in the critical roles? This is a good one. Oh, my I, God. I hadn't really thought like I, I feel my like God. In, in this would never happen. But like if you could go back in time and do that, like. Sean Penn would have to play Ryan Smith. I think like he would just kind of kind of look alike. Like I think that would be great. But again, that's like you know the timelines just don't sort of match up there. So Man. I don't know. Yeah, 
Um, it, it's not hell freezes over. It's like if yeah. if if I ever if my luck ever changes and I just win a lottery or something, right? I will absolutely produce this movie. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, damn. I wish I'd saw this question earlier so <laughs> I could. This requires this, a lot of study. I yeah. Because yeah. uh, like. Ah, uh, God. I know who would play Danny Flynn, the assistant coach, <laughs> which is, okay. which is sad. Okay. Uh, um, and he's, he's the, the, the bad guy from Airbud. I always just thought he looked <laughs> like him. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's one, there's yeah. a very supporting cast member. Uh, uh, Ted Nolan would have to be played by the great actor, Graham Greene. Uh, he's been in a bunch of, he was in the Green Mile. He was in Dancing with Wolves. He was in Maverick. Great actor of Native American descent. Uh, I believe he would be a perfect choice to play Ted Nolan. You'd okay. have to put him in a wig because he's had gray hair for a long time. But I think right, that would that would we're really filling out the coaching great. staff. Yeah, um, yeah. Smith is Penn. That's a great one. Yeah, uh, Dubois should be easy, but for some reason I'm I'm blanking on like any anybody. Uh, well, with, oh, with and Dubois would be Aaron Paul, shaved head. Oh, Aaron yeah. Paul as oh <laughs> as Wade Dubois. So there yeah. you go. And uh, yeah, I mean now now we're now we're really cooking with gas. I think this this I mean this question we're gonna have to address further. Yeah. I think uh, Sillinger should be pretty easy too because like I can I can picture an actor who can who looks just like him. Um, he might have even been in Miracle. Now that I think about it, yeah. Uh, man, a lot of them had a lot of those guys in that team had those faces that look like. Trent Hunter, actors. maybe they were actors. I don't know. Like Trent Hunter, another one. Like, <laughs> well, Trent Hunter would need a taller, bald guy. Yeah. So, but who's not Jason Statham? Like, he's the first bald guy <laughs> I thought of. But like, you know, that wouldn't work. But uh, yeah, I, this is a good question. We've got four already. I think that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Now, see, now I can't unsee. Yeah, I'm not gonna, no, I'm just not gonna be able to sleep. All right. Well, everybody head over to IMDb and try and I get IMDb on one side and hockey reference on the other and try and figure out, you know, who should be who in that scenario while we move on. We got two more left. Uh, one last almost last one from our, our good buddy, Arthur Staple asks favorite Isles Twitter feud of all time. There's only one real answer to this. And uh, that was the time that our Lighthouse Hockey friends, Keith Quinn and Mark got into an online fight with Neil Smith. Islanders general manager for 40 days, Neil Smith. And uh, Neil told them GFY, which means go, you know what, yourself. And then they also, uh, Neil also told Mark to go buy a suit. I don't know if Mark ever bought the suit. If he did, I hope it's very nice. I'm sure he looks nice in it. This is the funniest thing. This was on Deadspin. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I just loved it so much. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know. Do, do you have another one? This was a little bit before. This was before you and I met. So this was like years ago, but I don't know if there was like a more recent one, but it's hard to beat, you know, fighting with an actual ex-NHL general manager. And yeah. Neil Smith was a general manager of an ECHL team at the time, which is also what made it really, really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one takes a kick. I don't really know. I think, I think, I think right now we're seeing one that's like more of uh, everybody against these. Uh, uh, yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Islanders fans versus themselves is never. Yeah, basically. So there you go. Uh, and then finally, the last one, final episode, final question of the final episode of this season comes from the Josh Bailey fan club who asks, how will you celebrate Josh Bailey's 1000th game as an Islander? And I leave that to you. How will you be celebrating that so momentous occasion? There's, there's two parts to this question too. One is realistic. And one is if, if I had any like serious pull 
I would try to do this one. So um, <laughs> in the in the Australian Football League this past season, uh, Lance Buddy Franklin kicked his 1,000th goal, which he, he mm. probably would be like the last one to do. Maybe not. It'd be like getting 300 strikeouts or 300 wins as like a pitcher these days, I guess. Um, and when he did it, uh, it was a huge moment, like in the entire country, there's videos online, like it went pretty viral, like, you know, even, even over here, um, the entire crowd just, it, it was a pitch invasion. Like they ran onto the field. Everyone did, um, mm. the, the, the whole team was prepared for it. The stadium was prepared for it. Uh, in fact, like the show that I watch, like, a their version of, NHL tonight, whatever it's called AFL 360 the week leading up to the game where it looked like he was going to do it. They were basically going over like the etiquette for how to properly storm the pitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Oh, by the way, if you're going to the game between Sydney and I think it was Geelong, like if you're going to this game, you know, here's like, just don't be stupid. Do this. Like if you want to get a picture, like whatever, leave the players alone, whatever. And I just kind of bewildered that, not only are they like encouraging this, but they're actually like giving you a kind of tutorial <laughs> on how to storm the pitch. So, so in my mind, I would it would just be so nice if right. Islander fans just wow bum rush the, the ice. ice. Yeah, wow. So it's like like after the nineteen eighty two cup or something <laughs> exactly, like that. Exactly right. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Hug, hugging Josh, he's get like gets like a bouquet of roses or something. And we're lifting him up. That's um, um oh yeah the the what's but what's the realistic one though? I I mean it's it's against the Rangers. Which uh, it looks like he's going to fall against the Rangers the seventh game of the season, which is both incredibly appropriate and also <laughs> a little disheartening because like he's going to get booed by Ranger fans. Like Ranger yeah. fans will be there and booing him. And look, like if I was at Chris Jury's thousandth game and he was on <laughs> Rangers, or if I was at you know Vaclav Prosvel's thousandth game for the Rangers, I probably would boo. Like I, <laughs> I can't say I wouldn't. So I get it, but um, I just hope that like that the Josh Bailey song just rings out mm. uh, during that se- the whole ceremony and just, I'm, I'm probably cry, but I, I it's, you know, we were just talking about how freezing over for a movie, like the, the Josh Bailey saga is just has been so uninteresting for anyone outside the <laughs> Islander fan base, but so interesting. If you've been paying attention and you are right. an Islander fan this whole time. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm just so proud that like, he's, he's been around this long and he's been such an effective player. Um, so Josh Bailey thousandth game took a contract, like a cut rate contract to help sign Tavares by the way too. Yeah. Like let's not forget that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's going to be, that's like a game that uh, I'll, I would, no matter who they were playing and where like it was, like I would love, I, I would really, 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 really need to be at this one. Mm. Yeah, I mean the saga is. I mean, talk about a movie, book, whatever. That I can't believe this saga is still going on. And like for those of us that have been here the whole time, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I have thought about this question long and hard all day, and I don't have a good answer. But I can tell you that whatever I do, it will involve chains. Because when I think of Josh Bailey, I think of chains. And <laughs> everybody out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. So there you go. The, the tribute uh, video too is just going to be yeah the chains. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> and I'm just, I would love to know, you know, if who's, who's, whoever's making that decision with the Islanders of what, right. If, if it's like a three minute uh, highlight clip of what song they would choose for Josh Bailey, <laughs> because like for, for, for some reason to me, Paula Cole's, I don't want to wait. comes to mind. 
yeah. Where have all the cowboys gone? Also, Paul <laughs> would also be good too. But I mean, it'll be a momentous occasion, and that'll be uh, marred by Rangers fans, which now <laughs> depresses me. But we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, it's and it's coming up soon, which is pretty crazy. Or at least it will once the season starts. So, um, so yeah, I mean, barring any other. Thank you, everybody, again, for the questions. These were all fantastic. Sorry if we didn't get to a few others, uh, but we really appreciate it. We'll, we'll try to do that more often uh, throughout uh, next year as well. Um, and, yeah, barring any, like, big news, big signings, big trades, big something, um, we're going to wrap it up for the season. We need a break. Everybody needs a break. <laughs> um, but we'll be back, you know, uh, sometime next season, probably at training camp. Or, again, uh, if they just announce, you know, half a dozen signings in a day, then we'll, we'll talk about that too. Uh, we can't thank you enough for listening. This has been a ton of fun as always. It's our therapy. Uh, the season, needless to say, didn't go the way the Islanders wanted to, but you know, to get together with Mike every week and laugh about it and to get questions from people and hear about them laughing about it, that that's what makes it all enjoyable and fun, no matter how bad things have gotten. And we've seen the best and we've seen the worst and, and it's always great that we can get together and, and do this. So we're going to continue to do that. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Michael Lee Buff. Uh, the big Lee basket with two E's and, and yes, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun to see 208, uh, episodes right. like, which is a lot more than <laughs> I thought. I, I mean, I, I can, I honestly don't really remember too much from the first season that we did this. Mm. Um, just generally, I just, my memory is just. That was about like four computers ago for me. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It's just such a, <laughs> a, a mess, time. but uh, now, it's just been a lot of fun reading or listening and interacting uh, with, with people who've listened to the show and, and get, get what the kind of the, the, the gist of it is, uh, which as we talked about before, it's like, we're not on neither one of us or the rare guests that we have on the show are, are here to tell you that the Islanders should go, go out and, trade this guy or play a one, one, three, four checking system. And <laughs> we're just here to, and, to re- and if to- they don't, it's it, a dereliction of duty. <laughs> yeah. right. All right. Yeah, no, that's, that's not, that's not what, what we do. No. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. This is, this is, this is NHL hockey in the New York Islanders. It's, it's not that serious. Dereliction um, <laughs> of duty. Um, but uh, yeah, but rather to sort through why it means so much to, to us that these things do or don't happen that they win or lose or this player comes or doesn't come and um it's fun it's it's a lot of fun to to kind of sort through the the emotions that that this team and and i guess like any sports team but this one in particular is the one that we've been cursed with um it's fun to sort through those emotions uh with with like-minded individuals who who kind of get both sides of of fandom which is one it's a lot of fun and it's a good escape. And the other side, which is why the hell do we care? <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Like that's, you know, yeah, that's what we do <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, no, well said. Yeah. It's it, again, it, we, we're all people that listen to this show and, and us, we're all kind of, of, of one mind when it comes to these things. And it's been and, great and to uh, go along with. I, I think this year in particular, I've heard from people and, and I, I, I mean, I will talk Islanders, all day long. Um, so if you ever want to, you can always just shoot me a note um, yeah. on Twitter or whatever. Uh, as long as it's not talking about how not trading for someone is a dereliction of duty. <laughs> Let's keep it light. Yeah. 
so find Mike at the Big Lebowski on Twitter. Read his work at Action Network. And uh, so, so real quick, like what's going on with the darts? That that just start or that's been going this is, on. For yeah, this is like a so it's like golf or tennis where it's like a barnstorming kind of thing ah. with, with like tournaments all year, and some are just bigger than others. So this is a pretty big one. It's it's the World Match Play at, at the Winter Garden in uh, mm. in Blackpool. Um, but if you do want to understand like why it's such a great sport there's a documentary on youtube you can watch and it's called bullseyes and beers um and it's just kind of about like how darts became a phenomenon in in england and then europe beyond that uh why like it's so crazy and there's just i mean it's it's just the absurdity of it all is is it it, like it the, the documentary doesn't try to like not say like, Hey, this is, this, this should be taken seriously. Like it, <laughs> it knows that this is darts and right. it's, it shouldn't be taken seriously, which is why the sport is so great. Like it's not been sanitized yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, I mean, the, uh, the, <laughs> the first darts commentator, play by play guy, his name was Sid Waddell, uh, who's the, the, like their Stanley cup is named after him. It's, it's the Sid, Sid Waddell trophy. Uh, he summed it up beautifully when they had like their the biggest match ever at the time, which is uh, in like the eighties. And he said that, that the the atmosphere is a mix between the Munich Beer Festival and the Roman Coliseum when the Christians were on the menu. And I was like, that's just <laughs> insane. But that's yeah, great. yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, so bullseyes and beer, check that out. Uh, read Mike's work at Action Network. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. If you want up to date Islanders news and discussion, listen to Weird Islanders the podcast. Tell everybody you can about Islanders Anxiety and Weird Islanders, the podcast. Uh, and uh, failing all that, download Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> and hopefully by doing all of that, you'll eventually get to September and then the Islanders will oh, be man. back for uh, prospect camp or training camp or whatever. Or maybe they will have just announced who they've signed. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But uh, we've given you some options there for checking. Yeah, so watch the darts too. Um, and uh, watch Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. That was great too. Uh, we really enjoyed it. It's only six episodes, though, so it's kind of short. But uh, watch it twice. Who cares? Uh, and uh, thanks again for listening all year. And it's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long season. By all means, go outside. Please take a break. <laughs> we all need it. It's hot out there, so you know wear sunblock and all that. But uh, we will be back next season. We're gonna have a lot more fun. You can't get rid of us that easily. And uh, well, we'll see what the summer brings for the Islanders. Hopefully, more than it's brought for the last week or so, which is <laughs> bubkiss. <laughs> uh, no offense to Jeff Kubiak or Callie Odelius. Okay, that's <laughs> enough. We're done. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again uh, when we talk to you probably before uh, the start of next season. All right, thanks a lot. Bye-bye.